Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Nothing like Lords of Acid. Little pussy round for your enjoyment pleasure. <laughs> Auditory delectables. I almost played this one. I want to be screwed by you is also a good song. Ooh, rough sexes. <laughs> mm, love Lords of Acid. Ah, <laughs> uh, so we were talking, and we were talking about the 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 part one and the part two. Yep. And the part two brought in some characters. That I truly loved, including BJ Honeycutt, who you've mm-hmm. already met, mentioned, Charles Winchester, who David, was David David Ogden Styers, yeah. Uh, Mike Farrell played BJ Honeycutt. Yep. Um, 
Sherman Potter by Harry Morgan. Sherman Potter. The uh, uh, one of my favorite characters who kind of came in and out of of the series but that is um oh where is my there he is no that's not him there he is played by alan arbus but the real skinny guy in the mess tent major sydney friedman Oh, the psychiatrist. The psychiatrist who plays alongside um, the the priest. Uh, Yeah, quite often, yeah. Where's my priest? Father Mulcahy? Father Mulcahy. Uh, Yeah, they, they work hand in hand through through the whole thing. Now, the neat thing about Sydney is that he actually did his first episode and I think it was 1973. But then he was kind of left out for a while. And his big uh, introduction was when uh, McLean's character uh, Henry Blake dies and he comes into camp to basically evaluate everyone that's there, figure out how they're dealing with Henry dying and all that. Oh, the um, audiences hated that episode, hated it. Oh, it was <laughs> not a happy time. Um, well, it was the first time in the series where a major character died because of the war. Yeah. And uh, the impact. I, I can't believe we're talking about this, too. I sit on acid. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the impact. I mean. The audiences did not want Henry Blake to be killed, first off. Yeah. Uh, he finally deserved his retirement. <laughs> and he dies on his way home. <laughs> yeah, that was messed up. Uh, I mean, it was, it was a good thing about, you know, it was a good reflection of the war and how useless the waste of life was in the war, you know. I get why they wanted to do it, but yeah, I, it, it was rough. I, I get it as well, but the audience reaction was insane. Well, that's because those first three seasons, it was all comedy, and it was like, I, I think basically the the writers were like, yeah, we're turning a corner here, uh, hold my beer. <laughs> uh, but as we, as we rolled into the new era, the new characters were completely different from the characters that they were replacing. I think you had to do that. To, I mean, to keep the show fresh, you had to have different dynamics coming into the picture. Otherwise, it was just, it, it's almost like those TV shows that replace a 
character with a different actress playing the same character and they just don't do it as well, it just wouldn't fly. So they went with like a diametrically opposite, you know, like Frank was, you know, the what do they call him? Uh, weasel? No, um, Ferret Face. Yeah. You know, he was this like wussy, whiny, you know, mealy, little, you know. David Ogden Styers was all class and decorum and just very different. Freaking, you know. freaking drank tea in the tent in yeah. the swamp. <laughs> drank um, sherry and listened to classical music. And, yeah, and, you know, and, 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 and Sherman and Potter, Potter was the same way. He was, you know, a very good surgeon, but he was had been regular army for years and years and years. He, but he was a staunch soldier. Where Henry Blake let us let stuff slide. Yeah. But at least he enjoyed drinking with the boys. And so everybody, everybody got along. It was, you know, I I almost called him Harry Potter. Um, (laughs) Yeah. uh, Sherman Potter was old school where Blake wasn't. And uh, the this is really where the dynamic changed in in Mash, where it became more of a realistic look with yeah a little bit yeah comedy undertones yeah this was the change from comedy with dramatic to a drama with comedy added to it yeah now. We have to remember that uh, the the change happened in what nineteen seventy seven. It was like season three or four, basically. Was... Which which is four years, three years after the Vietnam War ended. Yeah, the series went on eleven years. The war went on for three and a half. Yeah. Uh but you know i kind of really got into mash when the change happened uh there was a bit more realism there was a bit more uh real life issues that they had to deal with and it actually kind of expanded the show I I don't think the show would have lasted as long as it did if they hadn't done the big shift uh from from uh comedy to drama. Yeah. And I think they realized that like the people that were watching the show would still enjoy the comedy bits but i mean you know like the world was growing up a little bit the war was has been over for a while you know it's like they had to change course and able in, in order to stay relevant and to stay at the top of the ratings which ultimately is what a tv show wants to do but they did it in a smart way they didn't rehash stuff they didn't try to like substitute the same character for the same character they just you know like okay we're making a left turn here make a left turn over here and it's going to be you know it's going to change a lot of the stuff but it's going to allow us a lot more freedom to do a lot more different things and and explore different avenues and 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 keep it fresh 
So let me ask you a question. Very simple question. Seven. BJ Honeycutt. Trapper John. I like BJ's character more, but once again, he had a lot more years to flesh out his character than. Yeah, and, and the writers allowed that to happen where they couldn't really allow it to happen in the first three series. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Now, but they could. I mean, if Trapper stayed, they very, very well may have allowed his character to grow and it would have been interesting. I mean, I like, I, I like the actor. I think it would have done a fine job if they had made a left turn in his character, like his wife divorced him or I, I don't, whatever that could have happened. But I, I think it would have done fine. But I, I do like Honeycutt. He's just, he's, he's okay. much more grounded character. Wayne, Wayne Rogers was really a, a, a great actor and I enjoyed his portrayal. But Mike Farrell really kind of got me going because well, I mean, he was that secret prankster. You know, I mean, he was the voice of reason, but there was mischief there when there had to be mischief there. He was, he was just a lot of fun. Always putting stuff into uh, Winchester's sleeping bag. And <laughs> I mean, oh, yes, I loved him. Um, <laughs> kind of reminded me of the movie you know um, he was he was married to nurse abel in real life in real life judy farrell who was also a, a writer uh she appeared in mash in 76 farrell appeared in 1975 so he got to work with his wife on set for quite a few years wow um Did you know? Oh, God. I'm going into my trivia now. (laughs) The photo that Potter kept on his desk was his real wife. Oh, nice. Uh, Did you know that there were two people in that cast that actually served in the U.S. Army? No. No. Alan Alda and Jamie Farr both served in the army far actually wears his own dog tags from when he left the army in 1959 so there's his real dog tags he's wearing in the show that's awesome uh did you know that father mulcahy was almost written off of the show no william christopher contracted an almost fatal case of hepatitis at the start of the fifth season, resulting in having to miss several episodes. As a result, the producers planned to write Father Mulcahy out of the show. Oh, my gosh. Do you know why he stayed in the show? Hmm. Alan Alda. Yeah. Alan Alda basically said, no, nope, he's staying. Yeah, he took over producing that show after season four, I believe. Um, he also wrote 13 episodes. 
He directed 31 episodes, um, including some of those ones that did not have a laugh track, like Dreams from season eight. Um, and he won. Oh, they were they were nominated for like over 100 Emmys and won 14, I believe. You know, I can actually expand on this a little bit. Okay. Alan, Alan Alda went as far as to write an episode to incorporate Christopher's real-life illness into Mulcahy. Wow, cool. Helping to convince producers to keep him on the show. But I didn't tell you the reason that Al, Alan Alda went to bat for him. And what would that be? <clears throat> Alan Alda pushed to keep him on the series, knowing how dependent Christopher was on needing steady work to help raise his autistic son. Oh, shit. That's really cool. So, Alan Alda, well, I've always said Alan Alda is probably one of the classiest guys in Hollywood and always has been. I loved him on the West Wing. Uh a great guy, but he went as because he was one of the writers as well as a producer, he was able to do this. And that's, that's awesome. Cool. You know, all to ask uh, the character of BJ, uh, uh, Meg Farrell's character to grow a mustache. I do remember this. Yeah, it basically, he just wanted to distinguish the two actors apart from each other. So he's like, "Yeah, I think he's a crop mustache," because <laughs> he was because Mike Farrell was clean shaven when we first started. Yeah. Um. Radar O'Reilly's teddy bear got was, lost. Was in the Smithsonian. Radar's teddy bear, once housed at the Smithsonian, was sold at auction in 2005. Do you know how much it sold for? Eight grand, maybe? $11,000. But that guy ended up selling it back to Gary Berghoff, didn't he? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> It was originally found on the Fox Ranch where the series was filmed and became part of the show. Uh, you already talked about Klinger. Often mentions his restaurant in hometown Toledo called Tony Paco's, specializing in what? Uh, Hungarian hot dogs? Yes, sir. Uh, the real life restaurant is on Toledo's east side and is still there. <laughs> Initially, they named all the nurses for the old military phonetic alphabet. Abel for A, Baker for B, Charlie for C. <laughs> and I guess they started running out of names for characters at some point. They just started using baseball players' names. Yeah. Yeah, like you know, if you were injured and in the in the in the in the ER, they would just give you a you know, football player's name or a baseball player's name or whatever. Um, 
So, well, we already talked about this, all the replacement characters. Mm-hmm. BJ, Colonel Potter, Charles lasted longer in the series than the originals. Yep. We already talked about Wayne Rogers. Um, We talked about Klinger was only going to appear in one episode, but they loved him. It was about Lenny Bruce made a joke about getting out of the Navy for acting really gay, and that's kind of what they based Klinger's character off of originally. Now, I made a statement earlier that Gary Berghoff was the only one to come from the movie to the TV show, and I stand incorrected. Well, he was the only major character. Yeah. Uh, Gary Berghoff was the first actor cast. He was the he was one of only mm-hmm. two actors to reprise a role from the movie. GW or G Wood played General Hammond, but he was only in a few episodes. Are you talking about the colonel who had the other football team? G Wood. <clears throat> no, this is the general who um yeah, that was the guy who had the other football team. Let's see. Was this the Brigadier General Hammond? Yes, it was. Yes, it was. He's the only one that actually played in the... Uh... Oh, and he played the exact same part in the TV series in 72. No shit. Yep. I did not know that. But it was only one episode. Oh. That was three. I take it back. It was three episodes. Fair enough. Here we go. The death of Colonel Blake was largely controversial and polarizing amongst television viewers and critics. While it was known that McLean Stevens was permanently leaving the series, no one expected to see him killed off. Uh, Killed off in such a manner. And such a move was largely unprecedented for primetime television series at the time. We talked about how most television series, they want the happy ending. Yeah. Uh, This was not the happy ending, and writers and producers actually defended the move. And in the end, you go back and watch MASH from the beginning to the end it makes sense oh yeah absolutely absolutely and i don't think they gave the cast that last page they didn't give any of the cast except for alda the last page gave the last page to Bergoff and had him go in there they did that in two takes so those were all pretty real reactions yeah <clears throat> hey do you remember the uh opening credits yeah the last clip that you see is alan alta in a uh, skull cap basically running along inside a jeep or something like that he's turning his head and laughing been a hot second but okay 
It is the exact same hat that Donald Sutherland wore. Ah, I did not know that. (laughs) That's kind of cool. So we we touched upon the four episodes. I think I have them here. Uh, that with no laugh track, a uh, point of view, which was shot from the perspective of a soldier with a throat wound going through coming in on a chopper, going through surgery, waking up in post-op and watching all the stuff going on around him. That was that was a very cool episode. Uh, Dreams was an idea of Alan Alda's where during a deluge of casualties, member of the 4077 take naps on a rotational basis, allowing the viewers to simultaneously see all of their disturbing dreams that they have. Mm-hmm. Um, and the War for All Seasons, I don't remember this episode. It, it, a storyline that takes place over the course of 1951. I don't remember that one. And then Lifetime... Oh, Lifetime was was um, one of the people filming. Oh, that's right. It was like a Life magazine person coming in and filming the day in the life of somebody at MASH. And so it was all kind of from the perspective of the camera and and, and watching the they were just asking the people questions and getting kind of real emotions. And sometimes it was funny. Sometimes it was in the ER, stuff like that. I do remember that episode. So those, I think were the four with no laugh track. <laughs> um, Tom Skerritt. From the movie was yes. actually asked to be in MASH, the TV series. Hmm. He turned it down because he felt television version of a movie was going to be unsuccessful. (laughs) The chair Hawkeye is sometimes seen sitting in in the swamp has the serial number S9JPA. That means it was made out of discarded cases of rocket ammunition. (laughs) I guess there was a lot of continuity errors in the TV show. Um, I only, I I didn't copy them down or write them down, but there was like, at one point there was a cardboard box that showed up in a scene in a blink or you miss a moment. If you look real closely at the lid, it has the recycle logo, which wouldn't happen for another 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> um, they wore they wore sneakers. I remember reading this one, uh, especially when they were on the sound sets. They they did not wear their boots because it was hot and they made so much noise on the floor that the sound guys were it was just driving wild. So most of the time they were wearing sneakers. And there was one episode where you could see Hawkeye in a pair of like kind of bright blue sneakers, but it was another one of those like quick miss it kind of things. Um, what was the other thing? Oh, uh, a lot of the comic books would not have been written 
during the Korean War, like the Avengers came out two years after the Korean War was over. And then then Radar was reading an Avengers comic. And there's just a couple of comics that didn't quite make sense and little stuff here and there, but we'll forgive them. All right. Uh, Radar. Radar's character. Producers. 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 All right. The producers um, intended to move up recurring character Sidney Friedman to a regular status to replace Radar. But Alan Arbus turned it down. So, not wishing to commit to a full-time role, um, producers then considered G.W. Bailey to take over his radar. Oh, that was Rizzo. Yeah. Yeah, the motor pole guy. (laughs) Alan Alda nixed all of that and put... (laughs) clinger in there i do remember a couple episodes where radar was back in iowa making phone calls to clinger and clinger was trying to figure out what the heck to do that was that, a that great was episode cool. that yeah. was a great episode um alan alta became the first person ever to win an emmy for acting writing and, and directing producing. Oh, okay. For the same series. It didn't he win like four or five Emmys out of the 13 that the show won? Uh, let's see here. This is just uh, off the top of my head from reading. I didn't have this written down, but he, at least four were his alone. I'm looking up his awards right now. And it looks like four. Okay. The the location shots, the outdoor shots. Oh, California. Mm-hmm. I've actually hiked into it. Nice. I, yeah, it, it is a uh, it's a state park now. Yeah, um, and you you can go on like Google Earth and like see they still have a tent set up. And one of the old transport truck jeep there's thingies. a transport truck there's a jeep there's uh the a land replica of the sign the yeah the sign is there there's actual placards throughout the area explaining what the different areas were um but the landing pad is still there so uh and it is the exact same location that the movie was shot. Oh, cool. That so, I did not know. Well, if you watch the movie again, mm-hmm. you will notice that the landing pad is the exact same. Nice. So, so there you go. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. <laughs> Because I was going to go over episodes 
shown like uh how many episodes each character was in yeah let's get into that so let's see i, I just have the major characters here henry blake was in 70 episodes trapper john mcintyre was in 72 Frank Burns was in 118. Charles Emerson Winchester was in 133. Radar was in 156 episodes. Sherman Potter was in 182 episodes. BJ Honeycutt was in 183 episodes. Father Patrick Mulcahy was in 213 episodes. Maxwell Klinger was in 217. Margaret Hotlips Houlihan was in 239. And Hawkeye was in 256 episodes. So Hotlips and, and Hawkeye were way up there. And even Klinger and, and the... the Father Mulcahy were up there. That over 200 episodes is a lot of shows. Oh, heck yeah. And BJ almost hit the 200 mark there. Mm -hmm. Alan Alta, man. I think we uh I think we need to talk about Mr. Alda. Because the biggest reason that this show continued as long as it did was because of Alan Alda. Phenomenal actor in this. But as well, he, after the fourth season, I think it was, became a producer and also directed a whole bunch of the shows. 30, 31 episodes directed, 13 written, if I recall. And he's a Tony, Tony Award nominations for his Broadway for performances on The Apple Tree, Jake's Women, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, and has received a Grammy Award for Best Audiobook, narrating and storytelling for things I overheard while talking to myself. Interesting. Did not know that. Uh, Born in the Bronx. The Bronx. Um, People's Choice winner. I forgot his dad showed up in the series at one point. Robert Alda. Was like oh, a colonel yeah. or something. I forgot about that. Um, so... He won People's Choice Award for MASH 1975, 1979, 1980, 1981, and 1982. Wow. And apparently also got the Screen Actors Guild Lifetime Achievement Award. He received the Directors Guild of America 
Award for MASH in 1977. 1978, 1982, and 1983. So a four-time winner there. Golden Globe, 1982 for MASH. He was nominated in 83 for MASH. Writer's Guild. 90 or uh, 1977 mash 1981 mash 1984 mash um his credits are are undeniable uh turns out mash kind of became his baby yeah and he really kind of elevated MASH to what it was at the end. It became a really, really great drama with some comedy. Yeah. Definitely a labor of love for the guy. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what else to say about Alan Alda, but Alan Alda was MASH. MASH would not have lasted as long as it did if he hadn't stepped in and nurtured it, made it grow. And the cool thing about what he did was he took this he took this comedy that was just kind of fluff, kind of college humor and transformed it into something that followed the times as the times were going along. Like back in the 70s and 72 and 73, we wanted that comedy. We needed that comedy. We were in the middle of the Vietnam War where we shouldn't have been. Everyone in America was upset about that. So we had the comedic portion, but then he turns and makes it almost like honoring the people that were there. It's socially relevant. Yeah. As opposed to just funny. Yeah. It was it was a great transition. It was subtle too. I mean, it, he knew you couldn't just you know, make an entire left-hand turn. You had to, like, ease into it, which was a smart way to do it, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, who else is on your list of favorites from the show? Do you have a list? If I could hit my mute button, I'd tell you. <laughs> it's like, click, click. Come on, click, click. Um, I really have to get that. Do, 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 do. <laughs> um, Colonel Flag. Wait. Oh. The CIA operative. Oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um, I loved him. He was only in about eight episodes, but I loved him. Um, Jeff Maxwell 
uh, playing Igor. That was the guy in the mess tent. He was just so deadpan. Yeah, he would just show up every blue moon and just have some scathing remark. It was awesome. Um, Jeff, yes, Private Igor Straminsky. Yep, yep. Kind of going down through here. Um, there's Judy Farrell. Yeah. Uh, Hojon, actually, the uh, guy played Hojon in seven episodes. So there's a character that came over, but not the same actor. Um, oh, you do you remember that? Um, I don't know, I can't remember his name. Uh, that the guy playing uh, uh, Colonel Sherman actually showed up in like season four as a racist general. Yes. <laughs> it was like one episode he showed up for a couple minutes you're like uh what the it was like almost slightly crazy if i recall but well, that, uh what's what's interesting about that is it reminded me of um colonel hochstetter yeah <laughs> exactly i mean hochstetter was in an episode before that and he wasn't colonel hochstetter yeah <laughs> um but yes Sherman Potter was on an earlier episode as somebody completely different as somebody totally, completely different. Um, all right. I, I was going to give my, my favorite characters and I, I like, I liked, uh, the psychiatric doctor. Um, that's my yeah. Choice for actually, uh, you know what? It was a very hard decision because I love Klinger. Um, Alan Alda, BJ Honeycutt. Uh, I, mean, I really love David Ogden Styers, especially when I found out that you know, like he, he that that accent was just so spot on, you didn't realize that was not his real way. Oh, of I talking. thought it, I thought that's who, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought he was from Boston. No. He's got this Midwest act. He's, he's hilarious. And I got to admit, I really enjoyed like Larry Linville's character was a lot of fun. I mean, he, he, he had his ups, he had his downs. He was good. He was bad. He was just, he was fun to punch around, you know? Yes, yes, yes. Um, Alan Arbus. Here we go. Alan Arbus turns out to be my favorite character. Uh, Mainly because everyone is trying to get out of the army. And his entire job is, yes, to be a psychiatrist. But to look at everyone and go, yeah, no, you're staying. Yeah. And his, his interaction with Klinger, like <laughs> every time he has to go and evaluate Klinger, it's freaking hilarious. The fact <laughs> there was one episode that I remember when when he walks into Harry Potter's office after evaluating Klinger and going, "Yeah, no, he's staying." <laughs> it was something like, "I mean, you shouldn't wear white after Labor Day, but that's about the only crazy thing I can see you doing, or something <laughs> like that." Yes. <Yeah>, <laughs> Actually, Sherman Potter's first reaction to Klinger 
uh, as I recall, was hilarious because he like walks up and goes, you know, Maxwell Klinger, section seven, head to toe, sir. And he said something about he's like, that dress is gonna dirty in this outfit. Get and change into something different. It was just something so like matter of fact, it was like, damn it. <laughs> Absolutely lo- I mean I I actually okay, so out of the two genres, the the Henry Blake era, the the Sherman Potter era. Which one did you like better? Well, I have to take the Sherman Potter era. But the later episodes are definitely much better. There's just more more interesting. Like I'm sure as a I'm sure because I kind of grew up watching it as a little kid. The first three episodes were funny because I was little and stupid. But as I was getting a little bit older and a little more mature, I, I mean, I think the the, the show kind of grew with me, I guess. And I appreciated I, the later episodes a lot more. I totally agree with what you just said. I think as we were growing up, MASH was growing up. Yeah. And yes, the 72, 73, 75 era was great when i was you know yeah we were watching cartoons at the time yeah we were, you know, yeah we, it was preteen. yeah it was funny it was great but by the 80s i was almost an adult i kind of started to understand the world and i really enjoyed mash yep it was it it became it became a stable in my house. Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh, yeah. Every night, what did you do? Turned on WUAB. That's right. <laughs> like, if you weren't watching The Muppet Show, you were watching MASH. That was just the way it was. It's a, it's either MASH or Hogan's Heroes. Yeah. Hogan's Heroes are all reruns. MASH was, you know, much more relevant and up to date. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh- I guess when we come back, we'll probably talk about the end of MASH. Yes, we will. Um, We'll be right back for the next segment, everyone. Take us out. Everything's coming up crazy 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Who is that? M83. Okay. I, I've played it before. Yeah. Um, but I've had the convertible top down for the <laughs> past five days. And my entire, my entire drive to work. Bless you. Is nothing. M83, just electronic <laughs> stuff that just gets me happy to go to work. I mean, listen to it. It's like, hmm. This is the band. I showed you a video of a band where one of the guys does running man through the entire song oh, yeah. <laughs> yes i do remember that <laughs> that is That's this, this song <laughs> yeah it's m83 it's a great band um what was it one one of my friends like to me is like this is edm and i'm like Suck it up, buckwheat. <laughs> Freaking kick-ass shit. Good music is good music, no matter what the genre. I don't care if they don't speak a lick of English in it. Or 
they can speak gibberish. I don't care. It's great music. That just reminds me of the ending song from KRP in Cincinnati. Not not a single lyric in the whole song. It was all gibberish. Freaking awesome. <laughs> all right, so what was it? Yeah, you said that you had something to uh you had something uh, to add. Uh no, I mean I, I'm I am all out of stuff and I'm down to that that final episode, I think. Oh, we have to talk about the final episode. Um it was a weird episode. I hated seeing them dismantle the camp. I'm trying to remember now. Is that the one where he had the where Alda had the breakdown? Mm. And he thought the, the lady killed the chicken, but it was actually a kid, or is that another episode with Sigmund? No, I think that's a different episode. Okay. The very last episode was all of them finding out that they were going to be leaving Korea. And they had to break down the camp and all that stuff. No, and... no, no. It is. Oh, Hawkeye it is? Pierce being treated at a psychiatric hospital by Sidney Freeman, revealing he suffered a nervous breakdown while working in the operating room. Oh, yeah. It, it, that was right. Yeah. Oh. I totally forgot about that. That's because I... it was dark. That's why. <laughs> the, the last episode of MASH was... It was hard to watch. And, I mean, it it was sad all the way around. Oh, that's right. Uh, Charles teaches uh, a quartet of captured prisoners to do Mozart's clarinet quintet. And then they have to get sent off or yeah, that was you know, they had to go away. Um, what Klinger falls in love with refugee Soon Lee Han. That's yes. right. They get married. I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah. Father McKay, he loses his hearing while saving POWs under fire in the holding area. Nearby forest fire causes the camp to relocate. That actually happened in real life. It yeah. didn't incorporate it into the thing, but there were actual wildfires out in California and they had to like grab everything and move it somewhere else for a while. That is one big pile of shit. <laughs> oh god we're on the shit thing again that's right one of the musicians every day at least once a day take a mighty shit sorry yeah winchester discovers one of the musicians brought in dead the others and that the others had been killed yeah yeah it's it's a very dark episode and once again the audience was pissed off. Yeah. I mean, there was some there was some good in it. Like Klinger, of all things, stays in Korea because he's in love with this girl and wants to try and find her parents. Which is the exact opposite of what he's been trying to do for you know seven years is get out of Korea. Take a shit. All right, I have a cut down to where it's actually gonna be good. <laughs> Take a mighty shit. Take a shit. That's all. <laughs> so the good goodbye, farewell, and amen was the most watched 
television broadcast in American history up until 2010. It's only eclipsed by a Super Bowl. That's it. 77% of people watching television in the United States were watching the two and a half hour series finale. Have you, has there ever been another TV show that has had a two and a half hour finale? I, I can't mm. remember a single one. Friends? I doubt it. Dynasty? Two and a half hour final? I mean, that's uh, a, that's a lot of show. 121.6 million people watched that show. Um, I advertising. Think I, oh, oh, I think the stat that you said that needs to stick in everyone's head is 70 percent 77 damn near 80 percent 77 percent of americans watched it watching television watched that show um that is wackadoodle uh advertising companies normally had to pay 30 grand for a 30 second commercial during the regular seasons they had to pay four hundred and fifty thousand dollars for a commercial in that last two and a half hours season finale. A series finale, excuse me. W-U-A-P. <laughs> you like movies about gladiators. Um, <laughs> BJ got his Indian motorcycle up and running. Alan Alda actually saluted Colonel Blake. There's just a lot of good stuff in there. He's hugging everybody. He's hugging. He gives Houlihan a huge kiss as he takes off in a helicopter. Yeah, it was. A, it was. It was a pretty. It was a. It was a very fitting end to that entire series. It was a lot of good closure. I would agree. Um, I I remember the entire family sitting around the couch to watch the finale oh yeah and uh uh <laughs> you remember my father yeah <laughs> <laughs> my father stood up afterwards and he said something to the point of that was it <laughs> <laughs> Man, I love that man. Um, like watching, you know, that was Endgame it. <laughs> and watching Avengers Endgame, going, "That's all. That's it." Thank is shit. <laughs> <laughs> you have to cut out the massive shit part. That's even better. Take a massive shit. <laughs> I gotta find it in it. <laughs> I'm just playing with this one right now. Take a massive shit. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, MASH is iconic and, um, I, I don't think you're ever going to see a series like this again. Um, Seinfeld came close, but it wasn't the same context. Yeah. Um, Seinfeld was just funny. MASH 
was really the first sitcom I remember watching that mixed real life with comedy. Um, and okay. the reason that 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 show works so well is because you 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 felt that it was the only outlet that they had was playing pranks and and drinking and and, and debauchery and and tomfoolery was the only way you know in a crazy thing you had to you know it was the only way to stay sane basically was to to just be so out there. So yeah. the comedy was kind of organic that it, it arose from the situation that they were in. It wasn't that they were funny people. They did funny shit because if they didn't, they were going to go insane. Yeah. Um, part two of what you were just saying, the ability to ad lib carried on from the movie to the TV show which was actually a great way to get the actors um, more involved in their character or yeah. flush out their characters or I mean we we call it method acting when you when you delve into a character and and live your life like that character <clears throat> it's a heck of a lot easier to do when you're ad-libbing because you have to live as that character. And it really worked for a lot of the people that were in the show. Um, they didn't realize the TV show got away with ad-libbing, but that's kind of cool. Yeah, the TV show got away with ad-libbing here and there. Um, but they carried that over from the movie. The, oh, yeah. The movie's director was very big on letting them go. Very, very liberal with like, these are the lines, but, but roll with it. <laughs> and some of the, and, and ad libs tend, often tend to turn out to be just gold. I love ad libs. <laughs> oh, sorry. That was mad libs. Sorry. Oh, my bad. You like movies about gladiators? Yeah, I do. I love movies. But anyways, um, so what did you rate the last show? Uh, I mean, that's tough because I mean, I've literally been watching that show for a better part of a decade. So it was it was nice closure, and it was it was I thought it was pretty ballsy to go with i mean it was pretty dark in a lot of places but really fulfilling in others i mean i think it was i think it was the ending that show deserved so i, I mean i, I, I think I definitely it, rated nine out of ten i would give it okay <clears throat> it was very hard to watch alan alda who plays a character through the entire MASH series that literally keeps everything together. I mean, he is basically the glue. The crazy MASH. glue. Yeah. But, you know, he's the one that goes into the operating room and fixes 
people. He's the one that creates the humor to keep people from going nuts. So he really is the glue of MASH. And that final episode with him going crazy, it bothered me. (laughs) But I have to give it a 10 out of 10 because of the fact that they brought closure to the show. Definitely. Um, They kept comedy in the last episode. (laughs) And part of that comedy is Alan Alda talking to Friedman. Yeah. I mean, some of the things that he's saying, you're just sitting there going, wow. (laughs) Wow. Um, It's probably the most entertaining two hours of your life after watching the entire series and see you're gonna laugh you're gonna cry you're gonna it's yeah it's a roller coaster but it's well worth the ride but totally worth it watch the entire season even skip a few shows you can mash is one of those things that you can skip stuff but watch the season Get involved, get invested in the characters, and that last show becomes a bombshell. Yeah, it's a big payoff. Yeah, totally. Um, I have thoroughly enjoyed talking about MASH. Yeah, I'd kind of forgotten about it until we started talking about doing it. I was like, man, I hadn't really thought about it in quite a while, so it was kind of kind of fun diving into it again definitely hang on we need some background music okay gordon we're gonna miss you little bit of gordon life on here hey we didn't Ooh. Ooh. I what we so love this song. <laughs> um, I think we're going to have to play this up in Putin Bay. Heck yeah, boy. Yeah. Um, Gordon Lightfoot died yesterday. Uh, we've already talked about that. Um, rest in peace. One of the best songwriters I seem to remember from the seventies. Yeah, he had a lot of good stuff. Had a lot of good hits. Um, it's kind of the John Denver of Canada, if you want to look at that way. Yeah, not quite I, as big, but definitely up there. He was a he was born in Vancouver, wasn't he? I think so. I I think when I was looking at his bio earlier, I think it said that he was. A, Born in Vancouver. Thick as shit. <laughs> uh, he was born in Ontario. Ontario. And died in Toronto. 
Toronto. Great, great city. Anyways, Gordon Lightfoot, uh, many hits, Edmund Fitzgerald. Oh, yeah. Still my favorite song he ever did. (laughs) Mainly because it was about the Great Lakes. And ladies and gentlemen, we'll be on the Great Lakes. Soon. In September. Driving the BMW convertible. (laughs) I might Uh, drive my car also, just in case yours breaks down. (laughs) It's a Beamer. With how many miles? It's a Beamer. I have under 100,000 miles. How many miles do you have on your car? Uh, 60. <laughs> I have under a hundred thousand miles. <laughs> um, I don't know what you're worried about. Hey, as long as it's in good shape when you get up here, we'll just take that. Well, you know what? No, just for carry, just for luggage and and ice chests and stuff, we might need the extra storage, extra hauling capacity, I should say. So we're going to pay $70 a piece? Well, we could always... Man, we'll think about the logistics of that. I was like, we could always park the one there and, I don't know, carry stuff onto the boat. I don't know. I'll figure out something. I think Burke just doesn't want to ride with me. I actually do. I just want to make it back. (laughs) (laughs) Don't beat yourself up over past mistakes. You are going to fuck up again in the future. Quite possibly in the most spectacular fashion. Why? Yeah, like buying a BMW. (laughs) Don't beat yourself up for buying a BMW. You will fuck up again. It's just natural. Um... Did I ever get you to watch the uh oh the 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 Japanese show um uh, it was a goof show um Tokyo Breakfast No Oh dear god I will d- d- You must watch Tokyo Breakfast And for anybody who's not seen it I wholeheartedly suggest you watch Tokyo Breakfast uh is this a person place or thing it is a it it looks like it is a japanese uh show it is not i sent you a link to it so you can watch that it's supposed to be a uh show about a family in their kitchen in their morning and everything and it is hilarious it's old too. It kills me. It's like one of the first that before YouTube. It was one of the first videos I ever really watched on the interwebs. But uh, yeah, take a peek at that when you get a chance and enjoy yourself. And then you will understand my references to your BMW finally. <sighs> and when the daughter comes in, it gets even better. Ah. <laughs> <sighs> 
Jai. Fix a lot of that post. Just cut that old segment out. <laughs> I was playing Forgiven by Sanctus Real before I started that. And it may cut straight into Sanctus Real again. <laughs> because that was bad. <laughs> Dude, you, you gotta get to the daughter bit because that's where they talk about BMW. It's the best. Okay, since I'm always bringing up the BMW, I may cut that out and make a drop kind of like this. Take a shit. <laughs> It'll just be BMW 7 CDs. Oh, God. I have too many. Hey, try not to suck any dick on the way through the parking lot. (laughs) I didn't think that was what that was. (laughs) I sent it. You should have known. I want to get some uh, Mountain Dew. Yeah, sure. That's in the fridge over there. Thank you. I'll just take one look. It says Mountain View. Hmm? Oh yeah, that's Mountain View. Fan favorite drink. What the hell is this? Oh, it's like Mountain Dew, but in 4K. Okay, maybe not that one. Fuck PowerPoint. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know what to say right now. Motivational moments, right? <laughs> we, we got we got to give that guy his proper credit. Find out who who that is. Oh, have, it's, uh, props. It is his name is Masood. Hang on. Bear with. Bear with. History. History. Where's my history? That's <laughs> it. Uh, Tokyo Breakfast is coming up. Um, <laughs> Masood Boomgard. Bless his heart. Love him. M A S O O D B O O M G A A R D. Uh, he is on YouTube. He's on Twitter. He's on TikTok. Um, to die for i'll put a link on the website when this episode airs <laughs> so that you can go to his youtube channel and i really really hope he is not pissed off at us oh, dude, he's brilliant what are you talking about <laughs> because this guy who <laughs> I think we need to hire him. Uh, <laughs> All right, man. We should wrap this up. We have gone over our timer. And... Hey, everyone. Uh, we we just had Sanctus Real, though. That was awesome. That was good. That was good. That was... Shit, the vamp's loud. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen. For all your entertainment needs, go to davisadavisshow.com. And if you have to wear something and you want it to look really cool, 
You can also go to the Davis and Davis show.com for your merch needs. Oh yeah. Everybody needs that hoodie with <laughs> Burke's face on the back. Who doesn't? As a matter of fact, I bought like 10 of them for putting bay to give to people. <laughs> we'll be in putting bay in September. Uh, everyone come on up. We're actually there for my birthday. Sweet. So I'm hoping the real bar has some uh, some love for us. <laughs> hey, we come out with a new show every Tuesday and Thursday, unless I'm really, really busy and I can't edit. Although Bert keeps sending me stuff like, hey, here's this editing software. I always use it. Uh, yeah, I I already used. Well, I sent you something that you were like, yeah, I have to look at that. So, I just come across stuff, and I'm like, you well, know, who knows? Well, the one that you sent me about uh, uh, being able to to knock out dead air, yeah, um, automatically, I was like, ooh, <laughs> oh, hey, now. We might have to play with that a little bit. <laughs> we, we might have to check that one out because uh, uh, we, we got a lot of dead air. We got a lot of dead air. <laughs> although, we, we stumbled quite a bit. <laughs> although, talking with Jordan, the uh, dead air filter um, cuts it down so much that you're overwhelmed with the information you're like whoa yeah, there, there's it doesn't no stop it doesn't stop yeah there's no breaks it's just like you're constantly talking and then you're more constantly talking and then you're more constantly talking yeah. <laughs> google uh when you go actually in online to the google uh podcast there is a button you can click to do that and it's just like non-stop it's just machine gun fire talk and you're like uh, slow down slow down i i think the software has some settings to like ease it out a little bit and you can always like when you're editing like put some breaks in if you need but i just thought that might help i don't know hey brother you said that you had trouble finding something on google oh it, it's only on my phone it's on our website um, I, I don't know why it's not showing up on my phone, but it's definitely on our website and I was listening through it to it through our website. So it's just probably because it's an Android phone. So no worries. Okay. Well, I'm just trying to make sure that Google's not blocking our shows. Well, here, let me, let me go on here. I mean, we could do this off air, but yeah, yeah, we'll check that out. Couldn't All find right. one episode. So, hey, remember redcircle.com? We're on there. Uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. We're all over. Come on we're in. All over that. Listen to us. We hope. Yeah. All right, Definitely. ladies and gentlemen, thank you all for coming. We will see you next week. Have a great night.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Ready for a career in behavioral health? Earn your online degree at Herzing University. Choose from health and human services, psychology, or social work programs. Gain the skills to work, coordinate, and manage nonprofits. Secure a bachelor's in psychology to study mental health or advance your social work career through our online Masters of Social Work. Let us help you become a social change agent. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Text HEALTH to 85109. That's HEALTH to 85109. Or visit herzing.edu.